0: Hi there, I'm Ben Hook and thanks to Sport SA and the Breakthrough Mental Health Foundation, this is Hooked on Sport. Hi there and welcome back to another episode of Hooked on Sport. Thanks for the feedback on the first show featuring John Mannion from the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation and Leah Cassidy from Sport SA. They gave us some great insight into the challenges facing local sports clubs and its members and some wonderful ideas to connect during this time. We also appreciate all of you who shared the show on your own social channels. Hooked on Sport is your virtual sports club for this time when we can't go about our normal sporting club activities. While we can't gather together, we can still link up and chat about our sport and remain connected. Hooked on Sport want to help you maintain that connection. Today... Well, if your sport is stalled, then potentially so have the careers of the women and men who report on it. So I'm catching up with two of the state's most identifiable sports journalists to tell us how they're dealing with the current COVID-19 situation. Rhys Humphrey is a senior sports writer at the Adelaide Advertiser. He is one of Australia's finest all-round print journals with an acute understanding of AFL football, cricket, cycling and basketball. Tom Wren is a familiar voice to Australians as Adelaide's 5AA breakfast announcer and at Channel 9 as sports anchor, Australian Open telecast commentator, and regular Today Show correspondent. Recent Tom, join me shortly. You're listening to the Hooked on Sport podcast, your virtual sports club. <laughs> Joining me now is Tom Wren from Channel 9 and 5AA and Reese Homfrey from The Advertiser. Tom, Reese, welcome to Hooked on Sport.
1: G'day, mate. Hi, mate. G'day. Thanks for on, Hookie. G'day,
0: Reece, I'll start with you, mate. Are you working harder in this current era?
1: Oh, you know
2: what I say, work smarter, not harder, don't we? <laughs> um, I'm, certainly, I'm certainly not getting home at 7 o'clock and leaving the house at 7 in the morning, getting home feeling exhausted. Um and then facing a couple of hours with the kids. But um, it's a different feeling, that's for sure. I guess we're sort of having to, to search a little bit harder for yarn. but in terms of the hours and the, the physical side of the job, um, certainly not. It's quite a lot easier to get out of bed and roll into the landroom room and log on at 8.30 than it has been in the past.
0: So are you pretty much working full-time from home, Race?
2: Pretty well, yeah. I haven't been in the office the last time I was. was very briefly. Uh, on the Saturday that the Crows played Sydney at home on round one, and even then it was just to grab some gear and keep moving. I think by that stage, We'd already started transitioning out of the office at least once or twice a week. Um, that's become permanent now for all staff, as I imagine most organisations are across the city for at least the last two weeks. So yeah, you know, I actually live up in the hills. I haven't even been into Adelaide for two weeks. It's been a nice change.
0: Well, most people know that I do a little bit of work for the advertiser on Sunday Mail, and that's been my normal work work routine to not turn up at all. So uh, it seems like everyone's just <laughs> followed my lead. Tom, what about you, mate? Uh, Channel 9, got to be in the studio from time to time. How much has your daily work routine changed?
1: A bit like Reese, It's just adapting, I think, you know, doing things differently. Um, no doubt, you know, the way you go about constructing a story, you know, um, you've got experience in, it, in TV. Usually you go out, you get your pictures, yeah, you physically do an interview we just can't do that at the moment so you know welcome to the brave new world of technology with Zoom videos Um, we're still in the studio still operating from there so a little bit different to Reef but certainly things are different and we've had to adapt to the way things I guess are moving
0: forward What about you and your jobs guys I mean we've seen the Bunyip is a classic example, a long-standing newspaper has basically shut down on the back end of this crisis. Do you fear for your own roles and perhaps even more so the roles of some of your more junior colleagues?
1: Um, yeah, absolutely, Hookie, no question. Um, you know, I think given the climate of the way things are going at the moment, and I think generally with media, you know, we've seen probably a downturn, and particularly in recent industry, sadly. Um, You know, we've seen papers shutting down. Uh, It's moving more towards the digital age. And absolutely, within radio and TV, I've never seen anything like this. I've been lucky enough to be involved for 15 years. Um, You know, there are talks, constant talks of pay cuts that are going to have to happen across the board, and not just in the media industry, but all over the place. Um, And, you know, there is that genuine fear that it may happen. But I think as much as anything, you have to just try and get on as best you can, uh, try and adapt as best you can, A little bit of, you know, hope for the best as well, but also work as hard as you possibly can and also just try and counsel people where you can. I've definitely felt a level of anxiousness amongst the newsroom like I've never seen before. You know, Mm. people genuinely fearing for their jobs. And I mean, my kind of uh, take on that and motto has been to try and be as positive as you can, but it's difficult. There are times where you question yourself. You question whether or not you're going to be valuable enough to be sustainable. Um, but you try and box on as, as I guess, in the best
0: possible way you possibly can. Reese, well, I was just yeah, talking about the yeah. Bunyip. Um, yeah, I think uh, Grady Hud and uh, uh, the young lad, is it Jack uh, Hudson? Jackie Hudson, yeah. Jack Hudson. I mean, those two boys are from the Bunyip and now that paper's shut down. So I guess that's uh, you know really close to you, how people's careers can just come to a, a rapid halt at the moment.
2: Yeah, and even closer to home for me was the Sunrise Daily in Moolzura. That was rode by cadetship straight out of high school while I was studying. And um, they went on hold. Thankfully, they've um, had a little bit of a resurgence in the last week and decided to print a Saturday edition. So they're charging on as best they can. But certainly it has, um, I think, brought to the forefront of everyone's mind that no one's bulletproof and no one's safe. Um, And I, I guess what we're seeing with the closure of newspapers at the moment is across the country that advertising is still king isn't it um, you know you can have you can have as, make as much progress as you want in the digital and the subscription age but if businesses shut down advertising spend closed then it's going to have serious repercussions for the, for the game and then for jobs
0: someone's obviously doing okay because they've got a, a tradie in the background putting together a brand new kitchen or something what's going on back there boys <laughs>
1: Oh, I don't know. What are you doing, Tommy? Uh, I'm just trying to do a bit of work on the side, just, you know, to uh, alleviate the <laughs> so, uh, uh, It's the first time I've done a hard day's uh, labour in my life. I'm trying to learn, you know, a bit of uh, mechanical stuff, boys, and tradey work.
0: Yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I, I reckon that'll be short lived. I reckon you'll be. Uh... <laughs>
1: well, uh, I, I, rang a, I rang a
2: bricklayer mate of mine the other day just to say good day see who was going. He thought I was ringing up for some work. So, anyway, <laughs> I don't know how I'd go a day on the wheelbarrow. <laughs>
0: Let's take a short break to hear from John Mannion at the Breakthrough Mental Health Research Foundation.
2: Keep connected with your colleagues, reach out, send that text message. You could actually be helping somebody.
0: And now back to the show. Tom made some really good points, Reese, about being a senior guy uh, in the media. You're a very senior guy in the newsroom now. I mean, there's been significant change to the advertiser newsroom in the last uh, couple of years. Do you feel a bit of extra responsibility to the young guys who, uh, who have just come into the family?
2: To a degree. I guess you could say I'm a senior person in terms of experience there. But we're quite a young, dynamic sports mm. department at the moment as well. Um, clearly, you know, there's been a bit of experience going out the door in the last couple of years. So I guess I do. Um, we've been really well led by our sports editor, Aaron Spurdenoff, and what you could say is 2IC, Scotty Welsh, um, and then Dale Fletcher as well. So we've had regular hookups, um, and they've sort of kept us across the, you know, the ins and outs of what's going on pretty regularly. And our editor, Matt Dyden, as well, has been on video link up with the entire newsroom twice a week, which has been quite comforting just to, to have his reassurance there as best he can. Um, I've tried to ring a few people. I rang a couple of our journos yesterday just to say good day and see how it's going because it's different, isn't it? You know, you used to walk in, hey, how are you doing? Do you want to get a coffee? Uh, what, do you want to talk about things? When you remove that face-to-face contact, it's not the same over the internet or email. So I guess we've we'll just tried to hit the phones as best we can and make sure everyone's coping.
0: What about in between media organisations? So I think it's pretty obvious that Channel Nine might be competing for a story or chasing something, and the advertiser might be chasing something different. It's always partisan, and it's always going to be like that. But have you guys developed a bit of a closer bond together, or has the sort of the separation made it even more difficult to link up?
1: It's a good question. Um, I'm sure Reese will have his own thoughts, but I think the sporting guys generally have a pretty collegiate kind of view on things. We all get along well. Look, if Reese gets a cracking yarn, which he often does, you know, you've just got to tip your hat and say, well played. Um, you know, and, and there is that kind of mutual respect. I, I think particularly in the sporting landscape, probably a bit different on like a police round or perhaps a politics round. Um, but I think there is a genuine respect. And I think probably more so in the last five to 10 years, hooky, given what's happened with the media industry shrinking a bit more than I think we'd all probably like. Um, I think there is respect, and so you do look out for each other a fair bit. You know, there's enough to go around for everyone, and as long as you work hard, you'll get that respect. Um, so, yeah, I think it probably does bring people closer together. I've definitely struggled personally, you know, Reef touched on, you know, catching up with people in the morning for a coffee. I mean, you guys know as well as anyone. I love to slap people on the back, and, you know, uh, I'm a pretty tactile person. I like to, you know, get around people physically. You're a cuddler. can't do that. I literally cannot do that. Yeah, I'm a cuddler. I literally can't do that anymore, and I've really had to restrain myself.
2: Yeah, there's definitely been a feeling of solidarity, I think, but um, Rennie's right. It goes beyond the last two or three or four weeks. I think it, I think there's been, I wouldn't say um, a, uh, a dropping of arms in the last you know, two or three years, but certainly since the newsrooms have really had the axe taken to them, probably what's happened gradually over the last five years, I think that there's been a feeling of camaraderie amongst each other um, and at the moment, I, I don't feel like there's a cutthroat um, rivalry out there at the moment because there's not a lot of rounds. There's not a lot of yards. There's no, we're not going to get a contract yarn. We're not going to get a sacking. We're not, you know, like it's, it, it, the news is what it is for a moment. We're all in the same sort of holding pattern.
0: Uh, what about searching for stories? Has that changed a little bit in the last month?
2: Uh, certainly for me. I mean, I think the paper's done, a would say, a bit of work with looking at backstories and uh, trying to do different features and all that sort of stuff. But the access to players has clearly become a problem because... It's not just that um, at the footy club anymore. The, you know they're away from their normal environment. You've got to get them on the phone. That's not the same as interviewing in face to face. And I'm sure Rennie would have his own thoughts on doing his interviews via Skype. So I guess the avenues to
1: the stories are the same, but the way we go about them is very different. Would you say, Tommy? Yeah, absolutely. No question about that. And getting your head around technology and and doing it that way has been a completely different ball game, particularly from a broadcast point of view. Um, you know, usually you go out with your camera and you you go and collect your your story and your vision that way, well, you just can't do that at the moment. Um, so it's just, again, having to adapt and, and do things a little bit differently. The, the other thing that I've found um, that has been quite powerful, you know, from a visual perspective, you know, Tom is probably the perfect case in point. Um, you know, he's at least providing content for us. So I guess it's scouring what players, you know, coaches, officials are saying and doing on social media as much as anything as well, because whilst they can't be out there physically with us face-to-face, they can do stuff within the comfort of their home. So that's definitely been one sort of source of avenue that we've been able to, to get some different story ideas from. Um, it is, and it has been a lot harder, and I suspect it will be for another couple of months to come as well. Um, but you just have to do things differently. And the other thing I've found, and I'm not sure if Reese is the same, but I've noticed there's still been quite a bit of content within the advertiser, and I've got no doubt it's been hard work providing that, um, and Hookie, you might agree too, and, and certainly for us at Nine and, and at Double A. The one thing I've noticed is probably two weeks ago, I thought, I reckon these stories are going to dry up. But if anything, I think it's demonstrated to me how powerful sport is. Yes, what's happening with the coronavirus is more important than anything right now. Um, But it shows how big it is in our lives and how much people are thirsting for it. I still still think that there is definitely a market for it and that people want to read about sport, even though there are more pressing concerns at the moment.
0: Yeah, it's a really good point, uh, Tom, Reese, And we know that... All of sports media has had to broaden its horizons. Uh, Channel 9's got into 4 o'clock bulletins and, and online. Uh, but, Rhys, you've been doing for the last 12 months now your own podcast with uh, with AFL players, and uh, and that's moved into AFLW players as well. Um, describe how that works for you and for the advertiser.
2: Yeah, it was a bit of an innovative idea. I mean, podcast, nothing new, but the idea to bring one player from each club together at the same time each week was, was certainly new in this city. Um, Last year, we had Hugh Greenwood and Tommy Jonas, and this year, we've got Brodie Smith and Tom Rockliffe, and of course, Liz Walsh has started it with the AFLW team of the Crows, and I guess the idea is just to provide some sort of unique insight and content from either club, um, which is more than just the surface-level stuff that we often get at press conferences or, or wherever else, so um, it's been interesting banter. There's a good mixture of um, news and personality and, and laughs and serious stuff. Um, and on the flip side, we get content out of it for our websites and our papers. So if you're just a podcaster, then you can listen and have a laugh. If you'd like to read the news, then we can dish it up through um on our other platforms. But uh, typically, that has happened on a Monday morning. Normally, first thing, um, the boys would come in, often sometimes at 7 o'clock in the morning on their way to the footy club and record and then get going. Obviously, we're, uh, there's no face-to-face stuff happening anymore, so we're using an online platform which links us all up on the same channel, and away we go. The audio certainly isn't. Um, Mickey Mouse, as Tommy would know, we're trying to get news interviews done via Skype and Zoom or whatever else. But it's more than enough to get us by and we're still able to get um, to the to the most important people of, of all this in terms of sport, which is the players.
0: Well, I know you're about to record in a couple of minutes. I won't hold you up too much longer, Reese. Boys, uh, before I do let you go, what's been the favourite story you've been able to do? Perhaps something that you never would have uh, thought possible since COVID-19 has hit us. What's been one of the favourite yarns you've done?
1: I've been in the game, as I said, for about 15 years, and I've been lucky enough to be predominantly basically all the time in sports. So I've been very, very fortunate. But in the last week or so, we've just got our newsreader and I in the newsroom. Now, normally we have three people in the newsroom for breakfast, and I read the sport, so I concentrate on that solely. Um, But because we've sort of been absorbed down to two, um, I'm basically just writing all the news yarns. We've condensed the sport, so he reads the entire bulletin. I've been writing a lot of different news yarns. I never thought I'd know so much about politics and police <laughs> and all kinds of things, boys. And if people listen closely, maybe they would be able to pick the stories apart. But, look, I have been happy that I've been able to get by. And generally, the news uh, reader, the news editor, Matthew has had to do... Too much anything, but maybe he's just being a little bit nice to me.
0: I tell you what, I'm going to be listening to five AA news bulletins from here on in when you know, Prime Minister Kevin Rudd said.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Malcolm Fraser, uh, you know,
0: has uh... a. <laughs> what about for you, Reese?
1: Yeah, look, I um, given my
2: country background, my thoughts sort of immediately went from when the AFL season was like, on oh, hold. Well, what what the hell does this mean for country footy and amateur footy and everyone who just plays for the love of the game? And I was able to put together a feature for our paper last weekend by touching base with about six or seven clubs from across country SA, from Butte to, um, you know, um, Portertown and all over the shop. Um, and it was really interesting to hear the, the fears that they've got. Is not so much for the. Um, economic side of things, because uh, if they don't run, then they, have, they haven't really got any costs if they're not paying clothes week to week. But it was the social side of things, the isolation that mm. a lot of these farming communities are already so used to, which is almost becoming permanent now, because they'd spend a, a long day on the track from Monday to Friday, knowing that Tuesday, Thursday nights and Saturdays they'll get together and have a beer and the kids can run around, they can play netball and footy. That's gone. You know, the Ovals are sitting there, and almost like a ghost town, really, you know, um, already dwindling populations, um, if, if those guys are staying home, then you could just about see a tumbleweed go down the main street. So mm-hmm. I enjoyed being able to talk to them. Sarah really got out, got some magnificent photos, um, and I just hope for their sake that um, we can get on with things sooner rather than later and they can get back to... To, you know, operating as busy as usual, which is footing is
0: more than just a game. It's an important part of their social fabric. Yeah, ma- mainstream media uh, always does a great job of keeping people connected. But just to, to wrap things up, guys, I'll start with you, Rennie. What's uh, what's one thing that you've tried to bring into your own day yourself just to just to stay connected with a mate? Uh, it doesn't have to be a work colleague. It could be someone that you've uh, you've played some of your top level cricket with in the past. What have you uh, What have you tried to incorporate into your day?
1: Yeah, I think just making a few more calls. You know, we do have a little bit more time. So there's that opportunity to to make some calls that you perhaps otherwise wouldn't be able to make because, you know, we do all live pretty busy lives Um, and just touch base with a few more people. I have found I've done that a bit more. Um, So just trying to, you know, check in with people and even if it's not a phone call, just a text message um, or an email, just to touch base with people, you know, because there are a stack of folks that are, are really battling at the moment. One of the things which I've really enjoyed is I've got quite a few that live either interstate Melbourne and Sydney or um, overseas. There's a couple in the UK, one in America and the last two Wednesday nights, and we're going to do it again this Wednesday night, about 10 or 12 of us, we get on the, the group app on the zoom chat. Um, and that's been fabulous. You know, we really shouldn't have used the COVID-19 as an excuse to do it. Mm. Um, Cause a couple of them have had to self isolate, but um, you know, that's been brilliant. It's been good to touch base with friends that haven't spoken to for, you know, five or six years life gets in the way and, it's a stupid excuse, really, but it has been one of the positives that's come out of it is that you're looking out for people a little bit more than perhaps I otherwise would have, which is poor. Um, you should do it anyway, but it has at least given me reason to do it. Race? Yeah, I'm a bit like Tommy there. Um,
2: we've been able to maintain our Friday night beers, which is nice, thanks to the online platform. So there's about six or seven journos from the advertiser on Friday night that logged on at the same time. and. Uh, had a beer and had a yarn and talked about, well, what have you dealt with this week? What about this yarn? How's that going? You know, I think that's almost a a glorified editorial meeting, really, um, unofficially. So we've been able to maintain that. And it's perfect. You've got kids running around. So one minute you're having a beer, talking to the boys from work, the next minute you turn around, you can help out with bath and teeth and uh, everyone's happy. So um, who knows? Might be the way forward.
0: Boys, I tell you what, in three or four months' time, how much fun is it going to be pumping out all of that content we're going to have our hands on when there's live sport being played? (laughs)
1: Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. It's going to be yeah. the best ever. I'll be like kid at, the kid at Christmas, a fat kid on a cupcake. It's going to be magnificent. <laughs> Tom Wren,
0: <laughs> Rhys Honfray, thank you both for joining us on Hooked on Sport. Good on you. Thanks. You. You're listening to the Hooked on Sport podcast, your virtual sports club. <laughs> well, that's it for another episode of Hooked on Sport. A big thanks to Tom Wren and Rhys Homfray for taking the time to share their stories of how mainstream media is dealing with the challenges we're currently experiencing. Where to from here? Well, let us know who you'd like to hear from. It could be an international athlete or an unsung hero. Tell us how your club is staying connected with its athletes and perhaps tell us a fun tale. Who are the characters at your club? We're at Hooked on Sport on Facebook. Get in contact, say hi and share some love. See you soon at Hooked on Sport.